Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. We are not done with Build Back Better, now are we? By the way, so we all understand each other, Build Back Better is just a different way of saying make America great again. Same exact thing. Yet when Trump said it, it was all about uh, uh, xenophobia, and it was all about bigotry. But when Biden says it, it's all about sunshine and rainbows and puppies. Same exact thing. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be back. 833-GOT-TONY. That's the number. We'd love to hear from you. 833-468-8669. This is the top-breaking story that Schumer wants the Senate to vote on changing the filibuster to ensure they can get their voting bill done, to possibly ensure they can get Build Back Better done, and maybe he's going to woo over uh, uh, Joe Manchin, who's already said, yeah, I'm not in for this. $1.75 trillion, you don't have me. Chuck Schumer, taking a page from the late Harry Reid, Harry Reid passed away uh, before uh, the new year, former uh, Senator Democrat from Nevada, who there is not a nice thing to say about in the world. He was a liar. He was a bully. He was a bad guy. And he was bad for America. And his legacy is he blew up the filibuster and it got used against Democrats when he was out of office. And he doesn't care because he got his and that's all that mattered. Harry Reid was the perfect accomplice to Barack Obama. Because neither one of them gave a good holy damn about how they left anything else as long as they got theirs. And Harry Reid is the guy who said about Mitt Romney, he didn't pay his taxes. He said it in the well of the Senate. And when he was asked about it, he said, don't ask me, ask Mitt Romney. And years later, he's like, I apologize to Mitt Romney for that. And uh, they're like, do you feel bad? And he goes, well, we won, didn't we? No, I will not have a kind word for Harry Reid. I'm sure his family misses him very much, and that's not anything I can do about it. I wish them well. But Chuck Schumer is going to take a page from Harry Reid, and Chuck Schumer is going to say, hey, what do we need the filibuster for? The Senate is going to vote on a filibuster rules change to advance voting legislation. The voting legislation, we should be perfectly clear, doesn't actually help the vote. It helps the progressive left. It is nonsense. Anything that takes the ability to engage voting rules away from the states is wrong. And how are they describing it? Uh, this, this is Schumer. He, he wrote this, but I can do the impression. Let me be clear. January 6th was a symptom of a broader illness, an effort to delegitimize our election process. I mean, that's what he sounds like. My Schumer is pretty good. My Norm Macdonald impression may be for crap, but my Schumer is gold, people. And January 6th, oh, we'll get into the insanity of January 6th coming up in, in, in a little bit. The filibuster would put an end to the 60-vote threshold, which is known as cloture, C-L-O-T-U-R-E. That ends the debate and then brings about the vote. The vote only needs 51. But to end the debate, you need cloture. And the Democrats don't have that. The Democrats don't have that. They can't end the debate. 
That's what the filibuster is. They can't convince enough Democrats, or I'm sorry, enough Republicans to move forward with their voting uh, nonsense uh, legislation. So they won't end the debate on the subject, therefore keeping it from coming to a vote because the Democrats don't have... You don't have the votes. You don't have the votes. <laughs> You're gonna need congressional approval and you don't have the votes. And not only do they not have the Republicans on board, you've got Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema of West Virginia and Arizona, respectively, who aren't in favor of getting rid of the filibuster. 52 senators oppose changing the filibuster. That puts the Democrats in the minority. It isn't two senators holding them up. It's 52 senators saying, you're wrong, America doesn't want this. Because they are wrong. 48 senators are trying to subvert democracy. You see, that's how you got to do these things, guys. They like to talk about it as, oh, oh, you got these two senators who are keeping uh, Joe Biden's agenda from going through. Who does this Joe Manchin think he is keeping Build Back Better from going through? No, 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 no. There are 51 senators who oppose Build Back Better. Why is the minority thinking they're allowed to abuse the minority and get a majority and get what they want? Tell them to go get some more votes. It's not one senator. It's 51 senators. But they won't discuss it like that because, well, they're frauds and liars. And if you change the rules of the filibuster, as Mitch McConnell said then regarding changing the filibuster, you will live to regret it. Cocaine. Cocaine Mitch was correct. And the Democrats did live to regret it. And you know what they're doing? Same old thing. They are so unpopular in their philosophy, in their policy, they so have absolutely positively nothing. I'm going to prove that coming up. I don't know if you heard this from Representative Hakeem Jeffries. Ooh, I will prove that the Democratic Party has absolutely positively zero policy prescriptions that America is in favor of. The only thing they have is destruction. They don't have Mansion and Cinema on board. They're not going to be able to do anything regarding the, um, the, the, the filibuster. Therefore, they won't be able to do anything regarding this absolutely horrific voting rights bill, nor will they be able to do anything regarding Build Back Better, which is the $1.75 trillion boondoggle. I'll be getting into what these bills are and what it is that, that's happening. I'm gonna, uh, I, I promise you, this week we will dig into all of it. But the, the key to this story is that Chuck Schumer is desperate for a win. He ended 2021 with loss after loss after loss after loss after loss. Biden losing in the courts everywhere. Schumer and Democrats losing uh, in, in the Senate constantly. Heck, the House of Representatives didn't get their act together until the end. And that's still unpopular. So they're willing to blow it all up to get a win. They're desperate for a win for policies that nobody cares about. 
That's the story. And I'll have more on this. Plus, the latest on masks, the latest on Representative Ocasio-Cortez thinking everybody wants to date her. It's pretty weird. It's, it's a pretty weird story. And what's going on in Florida with a shortage of monoclonal antibodies because the Surgeon General of Florida is unhappy and the governor is even more so unhappy. I've got that story coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Well, I mean, look, I, I think if, if you if I had a dollar for every lockdown politician who decided to escape to Florida over the last two years, I'd be a pretty doggone wealthy man. Let me tell you, I mean, Congress people, mayors, governors, I mean, you name it. That's Governor Ron DeSantis. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you talking about Representative Ocasio-Cortez. Coming on down to Florida to hang out while New York is in lockdown. Now, Ocasio-Cortez got into one of the weirder conversations out there. She's a strange person. I have described her as childlike. Not really her, her policies. I always discuss her in terms of policies. I don't discuss her as a person. But lately, she has been doing something very strange. She has been flailing on social media. She was the queen of social media. Her, her Twitter was targeted. It was full-on attack. It was slice and dice. Excellent at it. But as of late, she is missing the mark. In a big, big way. And she missed the mark when she went to the Met Gala and she's wearing the uh, uh, dress that reads Tax the Rich. While she's hanging around with millionaires and billionaires. While she's taking private limos. It was a $30,000 ticket. And here she is wearing a dress saying Tax the Rich. She looked the fool. And it damaged her. It damaged her credibility. It damaged her amongst her progressive circles. It damaged her amongst Democrats because they were able to actually start dismissing her. She doesn't like that at all. But now she heads down to Florida, heads down to Miami. She's maskless. She's hanging out with other people in very, very uh, close quarters, maskless. But here, uh, she, she represents New York that has to wear a mask and is in lockdowns and everything else. She heads down to Florida. And some people took note of it. And some people took note of the fact that, that there she is uh, with, I, I guess, it's her boyfriend. And uh, Steve Cortez, who used to be on uh, Newsmax, tweets out, if leftists like AOC actually thought mandates and masking worked, they wouldn't be frolicking in free Florida. And then number two, he writes, her guy is showing his gross pale male feet in public, not at a pool or beach, with hideous sandals, 0 for 2. Now, a guy wearing a sandals in Florida is not strange. It's a weird thing to tweet out. It's a weird thing for Steve Cortez to weird out. It wasn't funny. That's all. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez responds on Twitter. Her response if Republicans are mad they can't date me, they can just say that instead of projecting their sexual frustrations onto my boyfriend's feet, you creepy weirdos. What the hell is she talking about? 
Here you have a dopey tweet and you respond to it with such a level of elitism and snobbery and pseudo-intellectualism. Republicans are mad they can't date you? Where did that even come from? Well, if you believe your own hype, if you believe you're that important, if you believe the only reason people talk about you is because it's the same thing as as pulling your hair on the playground, well, okay. But the story here is you went to Florida to live free. In Florida, they're living free. Now, we should be clear. I, I was just there. I spent almost two weeks. Saw, saw my parents, uh, everything else. Uh, saw, saw, saw my mother-in-law. It was a good time. Good time. I didn't get to do everything I wanted to do, uh, partially because I was sick. Got to Florida, didn't feel great. Second day, didn't feel great. Third day, had a fever. Fourth day, really fever was gone. Fifth day, I was fine. Sixth day, uh, uh, fishing charter. That's what happened. Was it COVID? Uh, I don't know. Was it Omicron? Beats me. It was a flu. It was a cold. Whatever it was. Wasn't feeling great. I didn't go to a hospital. I didn't get myself tested. There was no need for any of that. I wasn't feeling well. I took care of myself. And then I got better. And that was that, that was the end of it all. Right? It didn't take anything more than that. Um, I went down to Florida, and what I noticed is that certainly people were living free, and then some people, they were desperate to wear a mask. They wanted to wear a mask. It's like they needed it. Okay. I saw people wearing masks into restaurants and sitting down and taking off the mask. Weirdest thing ever. Sure, go ahead. It's your life. But a place that doesn't have mandates is an extremely good place. A place that doesn't utilize force is an extremely good place. That's what makes Florida better than the rest. I shouldn't say better than the rest, better than many. Certainly better than New York, which has failed the citizenry. And I don't appreciate Ocasio-Cortez hanging out in Florida while her her citizens who can't afford that trip suffer. That's what makes it so wrong. That people like her support the nonsense of mask mandates and vaccine mandates. And then she goes to hang out in a place that doesn't require either. She should have hung out on Long Island. That would have been a proper vacation for her. But she didn't do that. She didn't do that. And that's what makes her what people would describe as a hypocrite. And she's upset that she's being called out as a hypocrite. So what does she do? She decides to make it, well, you're just, you know, sexualizing me or something like that. That's her failing, flailing, just totally incapable of handling the Twitter box anymore. Really pathetic stuff. Pathetic, pathetic stuff. I referred to her as going full cougar. No, 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 no. I don't mean it like that. I mean top gun cougar. It's cougar who was the top gun. Cougar who was going to go and and learn to be the best uh, uh, fighter pilot. And then he, he gets involved with the MiGs and, and he, he, he's, he's holding on too tight. 
He's too close to the edge, and he turns in his wings. That's Acacia Cortez. She's holding on too tight. She's too close to the edge. She can't take the pressure anymore. It's time to turn in your wings. You can't do this social media stuff anymore. You don't have it. You've proven to us that you have no policies that matter. You've proven to us you don't have a mind at all. You've proven to be an embarrassment to women all across the country. And when you are called out for a bit of hypocrisy, what do you do? Oh, you just want to have sex with me. She didn't she didn't mean date. I just want to be clear. She didn't mean date. That's not what she meant. And she thinks we're the creepy weirdos. Oh. It's it's special. So yeah, she's uh she's she's fallen down on the job big. She is she is not as impressive. She is not as strong. She is not as tough. That's obvious. Now, as for Florida, Florida's having a couple other issues. Because Florida is very clear that what they want is to be able to take care of their citizens. And one of those things involves monoclonal antibodies. You have the Surgeon General of Florida very, very upset that Biden is preventing the distribution, accusing the Biden administration of actively preventing, that's the quote, the distribution of monoclonal antibodies. His name is Dr. Joseph Lopato, saying that the sudden suspension of the treatments from distribution to Florida removes the healthcare provider's ability to, quote, decide the best treatment options for their patients. Remember, they were ahead of this before anybody else. They were in favor of these things, talking about these things. And the Floridians I spoke to appreciate that these opportunities exist for them. Now, the Biden administration has paused these shipments. We're talking about Regeneron. Because uh, the drug makers warned that laboratory testing suggested that the therapies will be much less potent against Omicron. Maybe that's true. But that's up for a doctor and a patient to decide what to give and what to take. You don't suspend the, 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 the ability to get the thing unless you want to hurt Florida, which is exactly what it looks like the Biden administration is doing. It's not what the people of Florida want, that's for sure. More to get to. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. So you've been hearing a lot about flight delays today. That's the weather on the East Coast. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. That is the number. There are 2,900 flight delays going on so far. I'm taking a look at flightaware.com. When you take a look at uh, the, the numbers, Reagan National, Baltimore, Washington, LaGuardia, then you see start seeing where it's hitting uh, the, the rest of, of the country. And the reason it's hitting the rest of the country is because, well, you've got these connections all over. You're not going to be able uh, to, to make the connections. This is weather-related. 
There is absolutely nothing that shows that this is people-related. There's nothing that shows at this moment that this has um, anything to do at all with people not showing up to work because of COVID. This is really weather. That can change. That can change. But from the data we have right now, that's not the case. What's interesting is this story, and I didn't know about this. This literally just came out over there at the New York Post, that AT&T and Verizon are rejecting calls from the Department of Transportation, meaning Pete Buttigieg, because what the DOT wants, the Transportation Secretary wants, is to delay the rollout of 5G services. What the argument is, is that the executives are warning that the tech 5G. So so 5G is about the Internet of Things. Let's let's take a step back to be able to take the step forward. What makes 5G so so interesting, and for those people who think they're already on 5G, yeah, kinda. Not really. Is that it is the speed in which things are able to connect. And it is the way you are able to enable the Internet of Things. So if you take a, a look at the fact that you're refrigerator or your or your um any other home appliance or your your thermostat are all connected to the internet that's the internet of things if if you were to take a look at drone technology and things like that that's internet of things and so uh with that you're talking about a a much a, a lot more bandwidth you're talking about a lot more user ability and it's why this conversation about who writes the protocols regarding 5G is so important because um, if, if, if you have uh, uh, China being the dominant player in 5G technology and engaging those protocols, you have no chance at safety and security at all. If they write the protocols, they could shut down protocols. They could stop things from working or they could be stealing information. That's why it was so important not to allow Huawei or these, or these other groups to be able to have a foothold. That's why it was important that the UK pushed Huawei out and said, no, we're not going to utilize you for 5G. This extremely important stuff about how, not only how we, we, we function as a society, but how we're able um, uh, to, to, to communicate with each other and engage. So that's 5G. Well, as more and more people and more and more parts of society want to utilize this technology, this can lead to certain issues as things build out. What airline execs are are noting, this goes back to December 20th, is that 5G could jam systems and lead to approximately 350,000 delays a year. The C-band service is set to roll out in big cities uh, like this week. I think it's this week, yeah. So if there are issues or rules to limit it to ex- limit the strength of 5G to address airline safety concerns, you'd have to get those out there. According to Greg Kelly, who's the CEO of Southwest, this is the company's number one concern. And an industry group said that the service could, meaning 5G in general, could lead to more than $2 billion in flight delays each year. Why? 
because their technology is not up to snuff. And the 5G is going to take a lot of bandwidth, if you will. And it could lead to these levels of destruction. So uh, you have this letter to Buttigieg from the Federal A- uh, Aviation Administration chief. His name is Stephen Dixon. He's, uh, um, oh, I'm sorry, in, in a letter to Buttigieg and Stephen Dixon. Sorry. Telecom companies are accusing the airlines of fear-mongering. And airlines have argued that the new 5G services will disrupt altimeter systems that planes rely on during nasty weather, like, right, like to know how high they are in, in, in the air. And that could lead to delays. And Greg Kelly says this is his number one concern. So it was on New Year's Eve, the FAA asked AT&T and Verizon to postpone the rollout of the service. And they're like, yeah, no. This is happening. Now, I would find it weird. I would find it problematic. If we were taking a look at 5G technology, and for many of us, this is the first time we heard it's going to screw up airplanes? I have questions. It's going to screw up airplanes? In France, for example, uh, they've banned 5G signals near airports. And telecom companies here said they would follow that in the U.S. for six months. But they're still going to move forward. It's going to be interesting. Because if you start seeing the delays, because, again, first I've really heard of it. We've been talking about 5G for a while, but it's the first I've really heard of it. That it, it it would mess up airplanes. You start seeing flight delays because of 5G. Because, well, you can't, you know... You, 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 you can't get the equipment to work. Thing, things may change. And if you are uh, if, if you are Verizon or AT&T, you're taking a gamble. Because you're going to be looked at as the bad guy for screwing up the flights. And then people are going to tweet about it on their phones on AT&T and T-Mobile. See, that's, that's the part that makes it more confusing. Marjorie Taylor Greene was thrown off Twitter. For, for what? For for nonsense, for absolute nonsense, what they claim is misinformation. They claim that the congresswoman from Georgia was engaging misinformation on COVID to her 465,000 followers, and somehow she was... um, saying something that was unacceptable. Her commentary had to do with VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. So VAERS is a a system by which you can uh, self-report an issue or a problem. And so they utilize this uh, in, in the CDC, in the Department of Health and Human Services, uh, as saying, okay, if you, you see enough of these things coming in, you can be like, hmm, I wonder if there's an issue there. It's something you can look into. It's a way of garnering and gathering information. You'll note that I have never quoted the VAERS system. I've never quoted VAERS because I don't find it trustworthy. 
I find that some people are indeed having issues with vaccines, and I think they should be allowed to speak about it freely. Without question, they should be able to speak about it freely. But I don't look at a self-reporting system and say, well, that's data I should go out there with. I don't do that. That doesn't move me at all. So there's um, Marjorie Taylor Greene talking about uh, VAERS. And she gets thrown off Twitter for doing so. For quoting VAERS? That seems like a pretty weird thing to throw somebody off Twitter for. That's a very strange thing. That it's it, like a nonsensical thing to throw somebody out for. So this is what Twitter does. Twitter then throws her throws her off, and she's like, "All right, I'm going to be on this platform. I'm going to be on Getter." Remember, uh, you you you've got Joe Rogan who just went to uh, to 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 Getter. I'm on Getter, by the way. At Tony Katz on Getter. You, you, you can find me there. This Joe Rogan conversation, though, gets fascinating because he is having a conversation with Dr. Robert Malone. Now, Dr. Robert Malone, he has a claim to fame. And his claim to fame is that he has worked on or created or created parts of mRNA technology. What is mRNA? Well, that's how you get the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines. He developed this technology. But he is not a fan of what he's seeing in the in the levels of what he considers to be misinformation. And certainly this idea that there's only one way to think, and he's speaking out against it, and Twitter threw him off. Now, wait a second. You threw Marjorie Taylor Greene off for quoting VAERS. That's weird to me. I don't think that provides any value. You threw a doctor off who helped create the technology that created the vaccine because what? He doesn't agree with Twitter? That's obscene. That is not science. That is the opposite. Meanwhile, he goes on with Joe Rogan and he's like, uh, this is a problem. Whether or not I'm right in everything I say, and I freely admit, no one's perfect. I'm not perfect. That's one of my core points, is people should think for themselves. I try really hard to give people the information and help them to think, not to tell them what to think. Okay? Um, but the point is, if, if I'm not, if, if it's not okay for me to be part of the conversation, even though I'm pointing out scientific facts that may be inconvenient, then who is, who can be allowed? Um, and uh, whether you're in the camp that says I'm a liar and I didn't invent this technology despite the patents, when there's a whole cohort of that, no one can debate that dispute that I played a major role in the creation of this tech. And virtually all other voices that have that background have conflicts of interest, financial conflicts of interest. I think I'm the only one that doesn't. I'm not getting any money out of this. Now, I can't tell you if other people have a conflict of interest or not, but why would you take a guy off of Twitter? Because he disagrees with what Dr. Fauci says. 
disagreeing with what Dr. Fauci says is standard operating procedure. He needs to be disagreed with. Dr. Fauci has been missing the mark again and again and again. You, do you really still have faith in Dr. Fauci? Do you really still think that he's got the best information or he is just nothing more than mouthpiecing the latest on the politics? This isn't a question about whether or not he's a doctor who can look at the information and know what it means. This is a conversation about what he's been telling America. Starting with the very basics of did the United States fund the Wuhan lab and gain a function research? And the answer is yes. It is undeniably yes. He refuses to discuss that. Then you've got this, his back and forth with George Stephanopoulos regarding the changes in quarantine. There's a pretty big backlash this week to the CDC cutting quarantine for those who've tested positive uh, without symptoms to five days. Uh, first of all, are you surprised by that? And what was the, why not have a negative test? Why not require a negative test for that extra layer of protection? Well, let's talk about the first principle, George. The idea of if a person is without symptoms and infected, that they need to be isolated for five days. Normally that would be 10 days. The CDC decided that they would cut that down to five days if remains asymptomatic, so long as when they do go out in the second five days of that 10-day period, back to work or back into society, that they diligently wear a mask. You're right, there has been some concern about why we don't ask people at that five-day period to get tested. That is something that is now under consideration. The CDC is very well aware that there has been some pushback about that. Looking at it again, there may be an option in that that testing could be a part of that, and I think we're going to be hearing more about that in the next day or so from the CDC. We were told that there was going to be no need for some kind of of, of negative test requirement, that that was completely unnecessary. But that was a couple of weeks ago, and now we're into the idea we're going to need uh, to, to prove that you have a negative test in order to get back into society? Not science. Now, if I note this and say it's not science, am I kicked off Twitter? Well, you're kicking off doctors who created the tech that created the vaccine. You're kicking off members of Congress, who, by the way, I'm not a fan of Marjorie Taylor Greene. I just don't think she should be kicked off Twitter. Space lasers. Jewish space lasers, people. Sorry. Can't forget. Won't forget. But I still don't think she should be kicked off Twitter. I don't think she should have lost her committee assignments either. We are in a, in a, whole, a whole level of ugly. Regarding you can only have one kind of thought. Everything else won't be allowed. And that's why people are moving to platforms like Getter. G-E-T-T-R, where you can find me at Tony Katz. And that's why they moved out of YouTube and moved to Rumble, where you can find me, Tony Katz. We have more and more options and opportunity. By the way, the terminology that Robert Malone used, Dr. Malone, the U.S. is in mass formation psychosis. He ain't wrong. We'll get more into it. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz.
Antonio Brown, I I got to do that story because it's it's layer on layer on layer. Meanwhile, Dow Jones is up 67 at the moment. NASDAQ up 114. Tesla. Tesla has been doing uh, the big jump because they have delivered record vehicles fourth quarter. Good 2021 for them. Market keeps moving, and inflation is still happening. It's very strange. What's not strange? The Democrats are banking it all on January 6th. I've got that story coming up. Keep it right here. This is Tony Katz today.